0: So I just came back from New Jersey, and a little, just a neat little testimony. I met my nephews for the first time, and sure, yeah, praise the Lord for my nephews. They're 18 and 19 years old. They are very, very Orthodox Jewish. They live in Israel with their, my sister uh, and my sister's husband, my brother-in-law, and they're. S- they those two have seven other siblings and they are uh, the sect of Judaism that they're in in Israel is called haredi which is very 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 ultra orthodox so they were there visiting my mother their grandmother their safta that's their grandmother and i got a chance to meet them for the first time actually i did meet the oldest yonatan is his name uh, I met him when he was eight days old. And, uh, cause he was born in America. Um, and I have not met the other one who, they moved to Israel shortly after. And I have not met the other one. So anyway, so I went down there and I spent some time and I met them and I took him out for a hike. You know, I wanted to do something with them that they wouldn't otherwise do with Safta. And we had a good time. And we uh, connected. And I have to say that in every opportunity that Yonatan, the older one, had to ask me about Yeshua, he did, perpetually. Every time we were alone, he's asking me about Jesus, literally every time. He would not leave me alone. I think what happened was, see, I'm the enemy of the family. So my sister, their mother, does not talk to me. Um, Because of my beliefs, because I'm married to a Gentile, because I believe in Yeshua, they do not talk to me. They would not let me into the house. So I'm this mysterious uncle (laughs) that for some strange reason is really bad. And this Jesus is something that they need to stay away from. And their rabbis are saying, stay away. And mom and dad are saying, stay away. And now that they're of age, they're like, well, I'm with my uncle now. I'm going to find out for myself about this guy. And they just kept on asking me and asking me and asking me. And it was a beautiful hike we were on. It was in the Palisades area in New York. Uh, The Hudson River is between New Jersey and New York and if you go a little up a little northbound towards the tapestry bridge there's this area called the Palisades beautiful cliffs it was a very very strenuous hike you know, but i i kept up with them you know I'm, I'm in shape right you know you know i'm 53 but hey look i'm saving the best for last that's what i'm trying to do so i kept up with them uh, but even on that hike, they just just constantly asking me questions. So I heard this about Jesus. Is it true? I heard this about Jesus. Is it true? I heard th- this about Jesus. Is it true? And, and tell me what it is to you. And tell me what your belief is. And tell me, you know, what, you say it's Judaism. Can you tell me why it's Judaism? And he kept going back to the atonement because that was something that I brought up to him. I said, really, it's Judaism with a blood sacrifice. And he and he knew. He knew. I'm like you know as well as I do that we uh, that Jews can celebrate Yom Kippur up to a certain point, but there are certain things that are God commanded in the Torah that we simply can't do without a temple, with with the blood sacrifice. We don't you don't have the goat that all the sins of the world, all the sins of Israel are spoken. All the intentional and the unintentional sins are spoken on. We have that. So it's it's a fuller Judaism that we have. Okay, okay, I get it. And he kept asking me, why do why do you even believe? Like, Okay, many people say they're the Messiah. Why do you believe he's the Messiah? And I got the chance to show him some prophecies even. And I, I opened him up to Isaiah 53 in a Hebrew Bible, and I had him read it in Hebrew, and then he read it in English, in his very flawed English, slowly. He knows Hebrew much better than English, but he read it, and he was reading. He was pierced because of our transgressions. And he was crushed because of our iniquities. I said, do you see it? That's the Messiah. He's like, well, how do you know it's the Messiah? And I was, I was all equipped. I know this stuff. I taught a class. I was like, well, do you know the Tar- Targum Yonatan says that this is the Messiah? Oh, okay, okay. okay. So <laughs> it was just, just kind of an amazing time. Uh, really didn't expect it at all. But it makes me wonder, because let me tell you something. My time with my family was really challenging. They, my mother did not come to my wedding with Sue. My father did not come to my wedding with Sue. My grandmother, my Safta, didn't come to my wedding with Sue. They all boycotted it. It was really challenging. It was challenging that my sister and her husband, they just, they threw me out of their family. They wouldn't let me near the family. We had all these challenges. Uh, and for years and years and years, there was a lot of strife in the family. And I just have to wonder, now that they have, I have these nephews that are now approaching adulthood, that God was also kind of saving the best for last. That after all this time and all this strife that we had and all of this difficulty, familial difficulty that we had in the family... You don't see it going through it, but you just have to trust and you have to have faith that God is doing something. And sometimes you don't even believe it. Sometimes you just say, okay, this is what it is, and I'm just going to leave it over there on the side. And I'm not even going to think about it or even pray about it anymore. And all of a sudden, at some point, you're you're out in the Palisades with your Orthodox nephews, and they're asking you about Jesus. And like, "I, I don't know, only you can do this. And I say this to encourage you. He saves the best for last. And don't forget that when you're going through something really challenging. You're going through it, but it's just how it is right now. But the one that sees the end from the beginning and the beginning of the end, he sees what he's going to do, which you don't even see. God bless the prophets who just see everything. Glory to the prophets. Are you one of them that just know what God's going to do all the time? How many people know what God's going to do all the time? How many have such a great prophetic gift that they know what God's going to do all the time? Any hands? (laughs) Not mine either not mine either god bless the ones who even see a little bit of what god is doing even just a little bit of what god is doing i'm not even i'm not even that prophetic i'm pathetic i'm not prophetic <laughs> but god has plans Just like we spoke over, Michael, plans for a, not of calamity, but of a future and a hope. And we just walk through it and we just trust it and we believe it. And you know what? Even when we just kind of forget to believe it, he's still doing it. He's saving the best for last. I was, I remember last week we had Donnie, everybody here last week and Donnie came up and she did the Torah processional and it's just, just this upswell of, of, just blessing over Dawny. And one thing that she shared was that she didn't like that her Torah portion was Deuteronomy. And she said that eh, I didn't really like it. it was Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is Moses just kind of repeating everything. Like it's all the same stuff. There's really not much new in there. It's just Moses just doing the recap. And then we hit this Dora Torah portion. And we realized for the first time in the whole of Torah, we hit the Shema. Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God, as was shared, with all your heart, with all your soul. All of a sudden, at the end, this is at the very end, the very end of Moses' life. Deuteronomy is Moses, just before he's about to die, giving them their final pep talk. You can do it. You're about to take the land, and this is what you need to know. And all of a sudden, at the end of his life, literally days before he dies, he says, for the first time, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God. And Yeshua said that's the most important. He saved the best for last. He saved the best commandment for the end. For last. And it just changed our perspective. Why did he, why did he save the best commandment for last? Because when we now can read all of the commandments, now we're forced to look at them through a whole new lens because he put on the lens of love and mercy and kindness over the commandments. So we learned all of these little commandments. Like, okay, I got to do this. 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 And now he's teaching us love. So we got to kind of rewind now. Now we got to go back and look at this thing. And this even, isn't this what belief in Yeshua is like? Like the Jewish people, we know the Torah, we know the prophets, we know the writings, we know the Tanakh. And now Yeshua comes and said, I fulfill it all. And those who believe now have to go back and reread it. Because it changed the perspective of what we already knew. And I'll tell you, I don't know what's going to happen with Yonatan and Eliezer. They are great boys. It was really an honor and a blessing to hike with them and to get to know them and to get a sense of where they both are in their journey with God. Um, but if God is going to use me to share with them about Yeshua and to reveal Yeshua to them, It makes me look at all the difficulty that I had with my family from a different perspective. It makes me rewind and go back and say, oh my gosh. See, we can't change the past. We can't change what happened. But we can look at it with a different viewpoint. We can look at it differently and see things differently. Didn't Joseph look at his past differently? After it was all done, didn't he look at what he was going through through a certain lens when he was going through it and differently? Didn't he have to rewind in his mind of, oh my gosh, all of this was for good. He said in Genesis 50, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good to save many lives. He had to look at all the garbage that he dealt with and all the trial and all the hatred and the injustice and being in jail. And all of a sudden he was awakened. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't change the past, but I could change how I look at the past because I see what God did. So I want to encourage all of you that God saves the best for last. And he won't change the past. But it'll change the perspective of the past. Abraham, you know you're gonna have a son. Okay, where's my concubine? I can do this myself. Oh, I know, my servant Eliezer, he's gonna be the guy. But God says, No. Oh, God may Ishmael, may Ishmael survive may Ishmael be blessed Oh, I got something better I saved the best for last for you Abraham so you and Sarah better go have some romantic dinner tonight you better light them candles because I'll tell you something the Messiah is going to come in a virgin birth but Isaac ain't so you better have a romantic dinner tonight you better keep those lights low Put on a little Barry White or some Marvin Gay, and let's get it on. Because I saved the best for last. And you can do it yourself, but I got a better plan. There's a story in John 2, and it's the first miracle that Yeshua did. He goes into a wedding, and he had all, they had all the wine, right? They had all this wine, but it was all the wine that they brought, It was all the best stuff that they had themselves. That's like the best that they can come up with. That's like Abraham saying, all right, Hagar, I guess it's going to be me and you tonight. It's the best he can come up with. But it ran dry because everything that we can come up with on our own is going to run dry. And then all of a sudden Yeshua took those pitchers of water that we use for ritual hand washing and he turns it into wine and then it was shown to the master of of the party there, the celebration. And he said, you know, normally people bring out the best stuff in the beginning. And he went to the groom and said, but apparently you saved the best for last. So it is in the kingdom of God. We bring what we do. We bring the best we can. We do the best we can. But it dries up. It dries up. But God. But God. See, that's one of those sayings that we just have to remember. But God. But God. But God. We can always say that in our circumstance. We can always just add that in. So our circumstance doesn't end with a period, it ends with a comma. But God, we can always do that and always remember to do that and always remember that he saved the best for last. The widow was dying of starvation in the drought that came because Elijah said it was going to happen. And now this woman is starving to death. And here comes Elijah saying, give me that little bit of bread. And she's like, I was kind of saving this to cook and then I'm going to eat it and then I'm going to die. And he said, I'll tell you, that bread and that oil is not going to run out because I saved the best for last. That widow had no more oil because she lost her husband. And now the creditors for Elisha's widow had widow person that came to him. And... She, she was ran out of oil because, and she ran out of everything, and the creditors were going to come and take the estate because she just became a widow and all she had was this little drop of oil, and it was about to happen, and she was about to lose everything but God. At least she comes and says, "You take that oil and you put it into a jar, and you take some more and put it into a jar, and take some more and put it into a jar." And he took that little that she had and he turned it into enough to pay the creditors, but God. So don't forget that He saves the best. For last. He saves the best for last. Why is Shabbat the last day of the week? Come on, somebody. (laughs) Come on. Why is Shabbat the last day of the week? Because he saves. What did I say? What? Because he saves the best for last. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, This revelation in that. There's revelation in that. This revelation in that. God bless the Christians. We're going to start. Are we good? Yeah, good. For some reason, in his amazing calendar, that he established right at the beginning of the world when he created creation, he saved the best day for the last day. To always remind us that whatever we're going through, God has something amazing planned. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Father. 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 So we always have to remember to add that. Comma, but God. Because he's not done. And we got to stop adding buts that aren't from him. That are probably from the enemy. You know, God has God has given me a future and a hope. But I just can't kick this anxiety that's a butt that's not from god that's satan's butt and it's time we kicked satan's butt come on somebody we got to we got to recognize satan's butt i think i just found my message title satan's butt that's right exactly it's a butt i not a butt god We got to kick Satan's butt out of the room. God has brought me and my spouse together, but we just can't get along. We got to kick Satan's butt. We got to kick Satan's butt. And, but God, I mean, like, we've heard that. People say that. People in religious circles or in Christian circles say, you know, but God, but God. And it's true. It's true. It's true. It's not just a platitude. It's true. You know, I did a little bit of a, a little, a little study in the scripture of where it says, but God. And that's what I got here. This is jo- Joseph's talk. we spoke about this. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God. Meant it for good. That's a nice butt right there. That is one nice but meant it for good in order to bring about this present result, the saving of many lives. We can move on. Psalm seventy three my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And the best one, you nailed this man to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. That is but God. It doesn't even end there. It doesn't even end there. Even the story of Abraham. It says, but God, oh Lord, bless Ishmael, my son. But God said, Isaac, your wife, uh, Sarah, will bear you a son, and his name will be Isaac, the son of the promise. Thank you, Adonai. He saves the best for last. So how do we just bring this back into something that's more personal? Stick it out. Don't quit. Don't quit. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let me tell you something right now, that the children of Israel, when they were about to take Jericho, they had to march around that thing how many times? I'm not even sure, because when I look at it, it seems like they had to march around it six times, once per day, and then on the seventh day, they had to march around it seven times. I, maybe I'm wrong, or I'm something, i got to look into it further, but it kind of looks like 13 times to me. Which means that if they only went around it 12 times, it wouldn't have went down. Maybe somebody here has been marching around their circumstance or their wall and they stopped too early. And God is saying, one more time. Don't miss the amount that God wants you to march around this thing. Don't quit too early. If they quit too early, it wouldn't have come down. Naaman, Naaman, there was a a Syrian, he was a leper, and he was given advice, you know, there's this dude named Elisha, and if you go to him he's going to cure you of your leprosy and he's like, okay, we'll we'll do that and they sent the word, and Elisha said, okay all you need to do is go into the Jordan River and you got to dunk yourself mikveh seven times and he was kind of annoyed about it if you know the story, he's like, this is it like, this guy's this major prophet like, all he's doing is telling me to go to the Jordan River don't we have better rivers in Syria? Like, we got the best stuff over there. I got to go to the stupid Jordan River and and dunk seven times. And, you know, I I expected him to wave his hand and his magic wand and do a dance and get down tonight and do this prophecy magic thing, abracadabra. All he's telling me to do is just go to the river. He's not even going to be there with me and just dunk seven times. Then he got advice. You know, If if he told you to do something really big, you would have done it. Now he's telling you to do something small. Just do it. So he did it and he was cleansed of leprosy and his skin was like a baby hello born again hello born again in tanakh in the old testament but if he dunked six times and left because if he did it once and he was still leprosy and he did it twice and he was still leprosy and he did it three times and he had still had leprosy four five six if he just gave up and said god is not in this i guess i heard wrong I got to go back and pray. No, you heard right. You just didn't stick it out. Stick it out. Don't quit in those tough situations. Don't quit. Don't quit. God saves the best for last. Just get to it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. He saves the best for last. Don't quit. Don't quit. Those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Don't quit too early. God's got a beautiful plan in place. Just stick with it. Have the patience to get to it. Yeshua gave the best interpretation. You know, the greatest commandment is love God, hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And it's like, okay, now we gotta go back and, and look. You ever watch the Sixth Sense movie? Anybody see that? Well, you religious folk never watched it. Who's not religious and watch it? <laughs> this is like the, the kid, I see dead people. Do you know the movie? It's with Bruce Willis, since it's so, apparently such an ungodly movie, I'll just, sp- spoiler alert, so like the kids with Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis is in the movie the whole time, and Bruce Willis is having interactions with this kid that apparently sees dead people, and Bruce Willis is trying to resurrect his marriage with, with his wife, and he's having interactions with her, and all of a sudden, you realize at the very end of the movie, after all of this interaction with Bruce Willis, that he was dead, and it was like, oh my gosh, now I gotta go rewind the whole thing, This is what God wants to do in your life. He's going to bring it to the point when he brings that best, when he brings that best wine, when the master of the house has said, I know the good stuff was brought, but the best stuff is for last. The best wine is for last. Maybe that's a better title. The best wine is for last. Yes, when you see that, when you experience it, when you drink it, when you approach it, when you when, when God brings it forth in his perfect timing. You're going to rewind your life and you'll praise God for that trouble that was so hard. And I acknowledge how hard it is. I acknowledge it. I acknowledge it. And I honor the struggle. But God will change the perspective of that. Can't change your past, but he will change your perspective just like he did for all of us when we accepted Yeshua. Just like Jewish people do when they look back at the Torah through the lens of seeing Yeshua in all of it. Changes our perspective. So he will do that with you. So hang in there and wait for it. Just wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. It will come in his timing. He saves the best for last. In Yeshua's name, amen.